of War Horse and on the second day of Christmas War Horse Andy brought to you one of the most bizarre and uh, personal stories that I think you'll probably ever hear in your life and it's not the most Bizarre. It's not the most synchronous, mystical, magical, scariest, most consequential. Uh, I hope that after you hear the story, that will make sense. But it's uh, it's up there. It's in the top few. As well, I'm going to give you a certain type of uh, decoder image. You know about those decoder images, like with the uh, Tree of Life and uh, all those sorts of, you know, there's tons of them, symbols and such. The cross. I'm going to give you one. First, as always, some preamble. You will no doubt be happy to know that all is well here in East Tennessee. The weather has changed. Um, though I, and likely yourself, all of us, are nonetheless we continue to be hounded by forces of darkness we've been responsible we've been attentive to our duties and our values are in alignment with our actions therefore we can only conclude that God will reward us or at least point our attention to that that little margin of error, that little millimeter window of opportunity. Can you really ask for anything more than that? Maybe not. I am surrounded by weaponry of various sorts, get some snooze, and a beverage. These episodes are going to be, I hope, closer to an hour. Generally, they're two, 
and uh, we used to go with the split pay non you know paywall model um, I might have to go back to that I don't I don't think I'm gonna really you know reinvent the fucking podcast uh, at least not the payment side game and probably not anything else but these episodes are gonna go out to anybody who wants to listen to them and I am going to do everything I can to pack them in with value free just have it so I have an outline and if it's not completely full so if you listen to this and you're not a jackass and you contact me with something uh, you know like a good idea or something you want to you would like an episode devoted to this or that topic uh, I'd be happy to accommodate you or I will I will try I'll do my best so the end of the pre preamble is um, to say well why <clears throat> One of the, arguably, maybe, yeah, I haven't done the math, the uh, ontological, metaphysical math on this, but it may be when considerations of things like the importance of gratitude and um, it's, it's not quite self-esteem, but, you know, you yourself being of value. When you... If you were to do the math on all of this, and this relates obviously to directly like the value of the human male, the provider in general, you would find in the the great uh, meat grinder humiliation ritual pageantry that seems to constitute. at least the general thrust of uh, our time. A lot of that is overlay, you know, and that's easy to forget, especially when you're the motherfucker in the arena, when you're the guy that has to go out there and figure out how to do it. Then you have to come home and manage the fact that there may it's it will say it's unlikely to be the case that um, a bunch of people are going to be running around um, to support you and know exactly what you know the weird convoluted mental spiritual physical shit that you gotta contort yourself into merely to get through the day right What I am uh, speaking of here is this uh, this place, this totally bizarre place where the Hallmarkian commercialized, plasticized facts of our current setup 
they find a, they they find a confluence with the absolute transcendental and best parts of yourself. Another way to say this might be that it is a fact that to give something to to other people that you you know not just, I don't I have never really personally just blindly handed shit out but. You know, um, like giving something to strangers um, can be quite a powerful thing. Giving, you know, providing for your people that you really appreciate, like showing them, a, whether that's a material thing, you know, or a word of encouragement or whatever. The recursive, coiling, venomous, reptilian creature that weaves its way through, all of the machinery of modern life, whether it's business relationships, social media, everything, fucking, you name it, This creature knows no, has no mercy. It's truly reptilian. And it will just as, it will just consume. Um, the false gesture with the true one. And for this reason, you know, we find ourselves uh, necessarily in disgust and forced to strategize as to how to combat that because no matter what any influencer or cool guy account tells you, It's my opinion, and my experience has been that and we could say, you know, my analysis combined, you know, with this experience results in the conclusion that our best instincts uh, are the the most transcendental transcendental values the the big feelings that you or, that we all run into or you know pass through us at different times these are juicy juicy delicious rich targets and uh this is what I mean by there will be no, there is no consideration for that. It will, if anything, it's, it's going to be more viciously devoured and used against you. And that's, a, that's some truly diabolical evil shit. Um, I can say that uh, 
de- I'm definitely not the most even close. I'm not I'm not really that uh, generous giving of a guy. You know, I'm not the I'm not the nicest guy. I'm not the most considerate. Um, but just like probably yourself, occasionally something will wave over you, through you, you know, uh, and these values will realign. And uh, is this all to say that I'm trying to save Christmas? You bet your ass it is, okay? It, uh, it just so happens that I'm born on Christmas. And um, you know, maybe that. Uh, I suppose you know, maybe maybe I need to get Brad Kelly on the podcast at some point. And um, not only is he a profoundly gifted novelist, uh, evidently he's a very skilled tarot guy. I have always been curious what uh, what somebody with that skill set would say about being born on Christmas. What exactly does it mean? So when you're born on Christmas, you you evidently receive one third less gifts than the average dude. Over yeah, I suppose this is was this adjusted for socioeconomic position. I don't know, but um, over your lifetime, you receive a third less. You. You do have, even as a you know, completely self-centered little kid, uh, you you notice that no, this is slightly different than, and I I, it's really neither in my I never even then felt like this was better or worse or, or anything like that. Now I'm just I'm grateful, you know, for for that. That place you grow into it, I suppose. All right. So that's the reason for the 12 Days of War Horse. My, my opinion is that in the final analysis, intellectualisms, aesthetics, the grandest of philosophical positions, the greatest physiques, accomplishments. Now, jokes and music, I kind of have to leave over here in their own category. I think that these um, literally move the universe. But I will say that it, it otherwise comes down to, are you going to fight or are you not? And I always think of that. Uh, there's a there's a couple varieties of this quote where it's it's essentially that the smart person or awake person or whatever is guaranteed to fucking suffer. You know, ignorance is bliss. This sort of couple of different configurations of how to look at that. Well, that shit's true. Nonetheless, though, it would seem to me to be the case that 
corollary here would be that no matter how beautiful you are or how lucky you are or, or anything else, the thing about fighting And, and this, this is just overlaid across all categories. Clearly, you're not going to, if you are a great MMA fighter, for example, that doesn't mean that you, that's going to instantly translate into some other, like a psychic category, a spiritual, but parts of it, they would if you can organize your game in such a way that it can. Similarly, uh, the, the nerd who's going to use his, his embarrassment and uh, shame, the anger that's been generated in, in him to, you know, once and for all finally you know, Bezos comes to mind. Well, I mean, in one uh, particular field, that sure is that sure as fuck worked out. In another one, and all you have to do is look at the aesthetic angle. It didn't translate at all. Bezos doesn't have any idea what the master game is for newcomers, and I I'm going to provide throughout these next twelve. Or 11 now uh, episodes this type of commentary go back into the Warhorse catalog and you will find more than sufficient explication of what in this project we refer to as the master game and this is um, with reference to the book by that same title by Robert S.D. Rope point here is whatever I can't think of one right now but there are plenty of children's tales that kind of have this as the ultimate moral like uh, and there are plenty of the best adult tales true detective season one comes to mind where the whole thing culminates in a little discussion between two admittedly bad men who keep the wolf from the door, right? That the, in, in those terms with Rust, Cole, and Marty, it's, uh, well, the light seems to be winning. One of the one of the gifts of this bizarre, largely denuded and jejun, uh, mostly soy-based um, time that we live in, is it we do have a little margin, a little window, you know, to at least at least now we do. We might not always have that to gather up that sort of material and maybe set it aside 
maybe to fortify later on. You have the opportunity to you know, sort through hundreds or thousands even of stories or songs or lines, quotes, images, whatever it is that does it for you. You know, that's what this project is meant to do. That's what King of Dogs, um, I hope, accomplishes. And, you know, uh, you look at Christmas, like, what, what, the, what is it? Well, is it, is it, to the best of my ability, it, uh, it appears to be the case that um, the Southern Christian tale of Christ is commingled and overlaid with an, a pre-existing tradition of a certain type of celebration that must originate out of observations of seasonal facts, changes, which would have, you know, Christ notwithstanding here. Um, that is to say, Christ, if, if this is your your thing understood to be the logos is is easily it configured as both seasonal and participating in creating establishing reifying the connection between you as the human so made participant and contributor percipient within that structure there's you know and I know that uh, people are gonna complain and bitch about this stuff either way but I don't uh, I don't dwell in the, these particulars And uh, for what it's worth, um, you know, I'm fine with I'm fine with going with the idea that Christmas was both this uh, strange moment of because on the twenty twenty first, this is the this is the equinox, and the sun dips down and it does not reemerge for three days. It actually reemerges on the twenty fourth. And um, on the 25th, we celebrate. We put the star on top of the tree. Is this the tree of life? Is this, as one aspect of the story goes, just this dry object that we hang red and white Amanita mushrooms on to dry? Did the shaman himself dressed in red and white come down the chimney because the house is otherwise, you know, encased in snow. And that's how he gets the presence of 
I don't know, you know, a little deer hide and some mushrooms into the house. That would be completely bizarre if your whole family just sat in the house, totally encased in snow, tripping fucking balls together. Weirder shit has certainly happened. Weirder shit will probably happen, you know, today or tomorrow. Is it just the case that all of these things in one culture manifested one way and they manifested in some other way down in the desert? And I don't know. Neither do you. All right, so I'm going to give you the decoder ring. Pardon me. On this podcast, we talk a lot about something called supernature, as opposed to the idea of a distinction between the supernatural and you know the natural it's the mundane the sacred the sacred profane distinction was made by some dudes in modernity and it had it it provided some use but it um, it's more or less wound out its usefulness and uh, as avid absorbers of this podcast know much of the forward thrust of late has been towards analyzing some of the interplay between these various phenomena that seem to be inexplicable whether it's the downfall of west the, the downfall of western civilization and its again just uh, dumbfounding uh, you you stand gobsmacked at the problem of is this intentional or is this just stupidity? Is this a predestined sort of trajectory that we're on? Why would we take something In, in almost every way, so fucking good and shit can it in the uh, pretty short period of time. I can tell you for a fact that between, say, 1994, when I graduated from high school, and now we are coming up right to uh, 2024. I've had a lot of time in due to my various choices 
You know that song by George Jones? Man, that shit is a heavy choices. Grab your Spotify app and I, I would do it by yourself though because you are going to cry. Choices by George Jones. Oh. It's reverberating through my skull right now. Meanwhile, in addition to this toilet bowl downward spiral that is occurring within and without, no question, that is the uh, the individual human perception of the other, the human, the human value. The value of humans around is uh, dwindling. The quality of leadership is virtually non-existent. I don't think that we really have leadership at all. I think that we 100% have um, as mentioned in you know the most recent episode, some sort of parasitical um, problem going on what type of parasite that is uh, not really not really sure which brings us to the next one you know NHI non-human intelligence supernature is this as father seraphim rose says merely a grand, very long-term deception by a, a figure with cloven hooves and horns and a tail named Satan? Is this rather something more real, like um, demonic archons? simply enacting the next phase of their plan is this as some people say the opening of a type of portal into other dimensions that exist kind of overlaid over this experiential dimension that we are configured for um, precipitated presumably by ai along with that did AI also sort of bend or allow for the passage through time of future humans is it the case as let's face it I mean it's it's still the same uh, douchebaggery you know douchebags the the cabal of douchebags at the level of the you know, news anchor, for Christ's sake, who's telling you that uh, there's really nothing to this. You know, uh, this is this is the the type of thing, flying saucers that that dumb people and sick 
people, people sick in the head, they are the ones who mostly are drawn to this stuff. Yeah, you know, we don't need to say that that narrative uh, is, we know it's bullshit, but it's further complicated by the fact that a lot of people are dumb. A lot of people are sick. And that's what I mean by you. If you're going to get through this, it's going to be a fight. <coughs> Pardon me. So, within and without um, the fight seems to arrive you to a point where you you find yourself in need of a way to trust your own instincts. It's not just perceptions. Uh, for example, I have not ever seen a flying saucer, but I have seen some shit that... Um, if I remove the label flying saucer and I replace this with a larger category like supernature, like well, let's just stick with supernature. Then, uh, you know, there's no division between, well, I mean, I may be crazy, but I have, I'm not talking about little green men here. Hey, I don't I don't believe in any of that Jesus fairy tale stuff. But I tell you what, one time I was out in the woods and I saw a horned creature about nine feet tall and a flash of light followed by a supernatural blood curdling scream. Everybody in the camp saw and heard it as well. We went to sleep and got the fuck out of there the next day. None of us, you know, really talk about it unless we're uh, about seven drinks in. Same, same essential uh, problems here. So we can continue to sort of muddle through this. Um, and this, I'm not this tool that I'm giving you is in no way the only tool. It, and I think that it, I think it, it's kind of like a compass. It's a tool that can be applied a lot of different ways, um, but you're not necessarily going to use the compass to build a bridge. Right, or destroy a bridge. But it might get you to the bridge. If you close your eyes sometimes and you are able to really shut the inner monologue down, you'll hear meditators and the like talk about these these sorts of things you will you 
know how when you see people sleep in REM sleep, their eyes actually are roving back and forth. And you, you may have felt this yourself, but when you close your eyes, there's a, there's a set of muscles that are located kind of at the back of the, the eyeball. And I think that there must be some real intense intermingling, uh, you know, massive amounts of wiring are going to be related to the, these muscles that seem to sort of hold the eyeball at that level. You have your, your neck and jaw and all of this other wild um, weaving in, you know, interconnectedness of muscles to make all of this work. But these particular muscles you will feel them relax right before you go to sleep. You will feel when you get sort of accustomed to meditating, you'll feel them relax. And you for me anyway, when they do, the eyeballs kind of loll upwards. I can sort of feel them. And as I do it, it, it kind of feels like it's at the base of the, the eye socket in the rear. You know, that's where I feel it. And it, so it, that would kind of make sense that if they, as they relax, the eyeballs sort of just go up. Because most of the time we're looking straight and down and we're not looking up. So that tension would be, you know, cantilevered in such a way and then you relax them, ah, and they kind of roll up. That's a good little, if, you, if you're not aware of this, you can start to become aware of it. And it's a good indicator that you're, you're not quite, as they say in, in TM, you know, I, maybe you are, I, how the fuck do I know? Because when we talk about, transcending you know in in transcendental meditation or other other forms when you're really in i think that it's hard it it's almost impossible to know like quote how deep you're going you'll hear other people talk about this it's you may seem like you're fairly deep but you may not be i don't know and other times, I don't know, that wasn't a very good meditation. But then you sleep like a baby. We're in a, a very discombobulated sort of place with ourselves and in the world and you know, all this shit. All right, so one thing that will happen when you um, do this is you, you might have some imagery people will talk about, you know, bubbles or colors. I've been hearing about this shit for like, again, 30 years. One thing that I can see, you can also do this, by the way, if you just close your eyes and sort of press on them. I don't think that's maybe a good habit to be in, but, um, 
you will see, I, I will see often, um, go with me here, my own, maybe not even my own, but it feels as if my eyeball uh, itself, like I will, because you still, your visual apparatus inside is still working. Um, you know, if I close my eyes right now, okay, I just see dark, I just see the lids. That's not the same as conjuring, you know, imagery, shape rotating, whatever you want to call it. This is a different faculty. This is almost like an imprint of the eyeball. It's just a flash, you know. But if you look at the eyeball itself, this thing, this is what you are looking out of, right? That's how you, you get almost all of your information. Again, so much of your bandwidth, your wiring, everything that is you has nothing to do with your goddamn feet or your calves or, you know, even your balls. Well, that's a big part of my life. I, yeah, 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 yeah. But the fact is, the majority of the wiring to your central nervous system goes to your eyes and your hands. Your hands are second only to your eyes. You always hear this, right? Watch the guy's hands. <clears throat> and this is the place, therefore, that we, in large part, for better or worse, apprehend the world. Most of us aren't really using echolocation. And um, as you, you see this with the the fucking young dipshits now, you know, everyone's uh, um, experiencing synesthesia. No, they're not. No, they're not. I guarantee you, nine out of ten people that say they experience synesthesia, when this is the, this is like the merger between uh, senses where you might, you claim to taste a sound or, um, feel with your eyes right yeah now it, it does happen it's very rare it's very 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 rare if you ever press people on this that's all the, well I just did you know they don't have some <coughs> there's no indicator that this is actually occurring I think that these things are separated within us for a good purpose, a good reason. And to mix them up is, again, ultra rare thing. It's not gonna happen. And there's a primacy to the visual thing, right? So with the idea that We have this issue now of supernature. It's no longer, you know, uh, the forest is out there and everything that's contained within the forest is just different and that was a, a different psychic time and now we're modern industrialized peoples. And Really? 
I mean, those same types of people will tell you that all of civilization is what, you know, there are all these ways to sort of conceptualize it. Like it, if it's, if our, the, the whole history of humanity is 24 hours, everything since Christ was, you know, the last one half of one second or some shit like this. Really? Were you there the whole time? Did you run the clock and now you can report on that? No. Shut the fuck up. So what do you what do you really have? I mean, you have the in and the out. And what I want to suggest is that if everything is ultimately consciousness, let's just say, and which is the ground of being. This is God. And you have the job of, of dealing with this shit. Not just dealing with that, but you've got to deal with the clusterfuck that has been made of everything. The fact that you can't get anybody on board to do anything. You can't get anybody to do any of the fucking work that matters. You can't get anybody to put down the Xbox, the iPhone, the jerk-off machine, or anything else. You may not even be able to talk, you know, I think the fact is most of us now, probably 9 out of 10, have nobody to talk to. If you have a handful of friends, or you've turned that corner and you're now actively, you're, you're fighting now. You're like, okay, I see this is a serious fucking problem and I need to prioritize and allocate some resources towards that. Well, nice, good for you. Well done. Nonetheless, from the, the, I don't want to say spiritual, perceptual level, which is right next to the level of judgment, which is very, very near to the level of consequence because you're going to have to make a decision based on that perception and that choice, right? With supernature and with the idea that of that all is God and you are God and this is all one experience configured, laid out in such a way for an unknown, generally an unknown purpose, if we're honest. Then the idea that there is an eyeball directly mirroring your eyeball is no different than saying there is I, there's me and I'm looking out in the world and hey, there's my wife looking back at me or there's my, my son looking back at me or hey, here's my father looking back at me my friend, what have you, without those people, whoever they are for you, you do have, you, you have nothing. There would be no you had your mother and father not interfaced in this way. And we have in the, in the language, in the text, in our most sacred feelings even, the understanding that this is good. So, 
even though like in meditation or in creating the war horse for you we are alone i don't record this i don't even really think about this with anybody else around there is an other so back to our supernature idea here um for a long time i puzzled over the the connections made between for certain people between ufos and psychedelics you know i even heard people say well there you know mckenna i think is responsible for this like there's the alien within and then this was academized if i can probably not coin a phrase but maybe butcher that word you get the point this was intellectualized into well this is the other this is the other what uh, and then you can i would just avoid all of that category of uh, writing for the most part but hopefully we're painting the picture well enough to see that it isn't so far to imagine that there we we have the experience of looking out but so does the other guy so the decipher the code this the the decoder ring here is this if you close your eyes and you press on them and you can get this sort of or you just let them relax and this may occur to you or not it doesn't even have to you can conjure in your mind, shape, rotate this, or you can write it out, make it print off a picture of it, whatever. You look at an, at an eyeball, a human eyeball, uh, generally of the lighter variety, but there's, there's is the eye, I guess the retina is, um, as individuated as the fingerprint, if not more so. You have a center dark spot and you have these lines all radiating out. The eyeball has in, you know, been overlaid on the sun um, many, 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 many times. All sorts of depictions and juxtapositions to check out. You have, in all types of cultures, some sort of hoop or a wheel. Um, I forget the name of the Norse one that's, everyone's got that tattoo, you know. And um, it's been associated with webs, destinies, Not so often is it visualized as having depth. All right, so you got your central black spot. You have the blue, green, hazel, what have you around this. And then you have these striations all emanating out of this in, in a circle. 
if you shape rotate this over so that you have a conception of a, of a cylinder now and the, the eyeball is at the top and these striations imagine them all running down like in like a circular elevator of some sort with no bottom and each of these in many of the the attempts at and here again you know the the, the kabbalistic uh, tree of life idea you can you can probably figure out a way to use these powers of shape rotation to expand into 3d and overlay this onto your your little cylinder here but at, on the on the, the one you know i guess this is two planes two-dimensional if we're just looking at this eyeball with the striations There is a lot to, it sounds like a pun, and I'm not, I'm not one to make these silly puns, but to read into just from the, the design. Whether these are all different life paths, different multiversal options whether from there you take that all of those options happen simultaneously or you choose one or what have you all of that is up to you but what you do have is some some curious sort of map that in no it's no um it, it's a figure of speech but it's also the scientific sciencey sort of fact that that's the world for you you don't i don't i can take some drugs like but i'm also i'm almost always going to conceive of what i see as a distortion or a hallucination to actually lift up the veil with these eyes and see something outside of myself supernatural now that's a whole other fucking thing but yet it's even then it's not independent of this basic fact that the world gave you gave me these eyes the world as the logos the constitution of things it didn't give me a fucking option to have a different microchip module to stuff in the back of my head and change that to a zigzag pattern no dude that's how it is so it must be this way for deep 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 reasons and thus i think that i'm i don't think i'm the first at all to conceive of this as related to you know the labyrinth you're you're probably as a warhorse absorber or if you're new you know check out 
the various labyrinth myths, the treasures um, available down in all of these crevices and caverns that may shift and change along the way. Check out The Shining. That's a nice place to start. And this too would be the fact. It, is, it wouldn't be the fact that the world is fixed into categories, that the world is perceived already, that history is over, that you're done, that you're merely a fucking consumer unit, just like any other, and that your eye color is just as valuable as that other eye color, and that retinal shape is just like every one of every other. In the narrative of supernature, there's this problem of us doing this to us, or there is this other, there is this diabolical super elite. And this in the grand narrative is um, one of the more unsettling unknowns that, you know, we know that the dollar's going to collapse, right? We know that, or CBC, CB, whatever, you know, digital currency is going to be the goal implemented. We know all the, does anybody really know what the whole story is with reference to, no, uh, NHI, AI, is it? already in effect is this going to be a simulation is it the beginning of a simulation i i don't believe that but these are questions this is going to be and and uh participating and determining some of the answers even if the answer is to not give an answer would be better than accepting the answers, the explanations, the mandates with no questions asked and get up against the wall if you're going to fucking argue about it. No. That, uh, that road is no bueno. So I'm not the first to conceptualize this this way, and I think that... Um, It's one of those things where seen from a certain point of view, God does give you everything. And you almost, it's so close to you, you can't, but if this is a tool to just evaluate, well, that's my eye looking out and that's what my eye looks like. And this is somehow representative of my how I and you, we all are constituted to experience perception. Why? Is that merely, is it some analogical condensation, a symbol, a symbolization of a much more complicated objective exterior world context out there than it would seem? Was it just one of an infinite number of designs? 
or did that design reflect something of the maker or something of being itself? <clears throat> so this is a gift from me to you that I, I doubt you've received before that right there looking into the mirror the mystery is instant unavoidable and you can work within and around but working within and around gets us where we're at now <clears throat> so it appears that I've just totally blown past um, the other gift that I was going to stuff into this episode, which is okay. It'll simply go into the next. The third day of Warhorse. Christmas Warhorse. So until then, which will be a day from now, whenever this goes out to you. Thanks for your attention. Appreciate you. We'll be back with you soon.